This is Vicki Noblet, and you're listening to Everyday Leaders. This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that she's practicing every day that has allowed her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader is someone who's inspired me as a teacher, a coach, and a friend. And she shares with us her beliefs about how intentionally connecting to everyone around her has had significant value to her life. This leadership lesson is one that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Vicki Noblet, first female Greenwood Middle School principal, is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show eight of 2019 starts now. Welcome to the program, Vicki, I'm going to say Newkirk Noblet. You were my high school, well, you weren't my high school, you were my middle school coach and teacher and eventually principal. I'm so excited to have you on Everyday Leaders. Thank you, Melanie. I'm happy to be here. It was so fun. You know, many of us say, who influenced us in our life? And I can think of a handful of teachers. You were majorly one of those because you were my social studies teacher, my volleyball coach, my basketball coach, my my supporter. <laughs> and then when I left school, you went on to become the principal of Greenwood Middle School, which was phenomenal because, what do we say, first woman in Greenwood to be the principal there. That's true. I was lucky. You were lucky. You worked hard. You gave so much dedication and commitment. And I think about, we reconnected a few weeks ago, and uh, I brought some of the photographs from our middle school memories. (laughs) 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 And we we, we couldn't name everybody on those teams, but what fun to talk about, you know, before, back when we were, when I was in school growing up in middle school, and the early 80s, and and the things that we remembered about you as a an influencer in our, the girls' lives were that we used to have um, <laughs> we used to have celebrations, and we used to have parties and sleepovers at your house, and the fun that we used to have as a team and a group, we would bond together. And how crazy was that that you would have sleepovers with 15 girls at your house? <laughs> That was pretty crazy, and and I don't know. I, do you remember we used to sometimes stay in the gym too? And yes. I remember scooter boards. The kids would get the scooter boards out and just go crazy all over the gym floors. But it was fun. It was a, a good group of, of kids and a good group of parents. It was really fun, and and everybody that you know that I've ever gone into Greenwood schools with, they always remember you because you gave so much of yourself to the kids. You really made us feel like we were one of yours. And so this this program talks about influence and leadership and and really what I've been learning in the last several years is just about how people mentor others and how that really makes an impact in their lives. And and everyone that I know in Greenwood, you you were a part of that for them, and so I really wanted. Oh, to, thank you. Well, I wanted to celebrate you because, you know, understanding how you were influenced when you grew up and kind of what made you 
the person that you are so that others can learn from you because you still influence people and it's, <laughs> it's really important for people to get that message so I just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of share about you know what really inspires you and and what's um, going on in your journey and how people can connect to you oh golly uh- Growing up, I think I've always, I always loved school, and early on, I knew I wanted to be a teacher, um, and uh, it just gave me an outlet for my creativity, and then a way to, I'm an only child, so it was a way to be with friends, you know, your peer group of your own, and I guess I just carried, you know, I feel like I've been in school since I was five, so that, that's a long time, that's just what, that's my comfort zone, and I just think it's an opportunity. I mean, pretty much everybody goes to school, so that's an opportunity to, um, you know, to, to do what your calling is. Um, and I've always kind of been a follower for developmental assets, where they talked about some of the major things. It's those are assets that kids have. The more of them that you have, the more likely you are to be a successful adult. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they mention a lot is to have a caring adult in your life outside of the people in your family. So I've always felt like school was an opportunity. And I think a lot of, like you, I think a lot of people, when they look back and they talk about who played a role in their lives, it was probably somebody, an adult that they knew through, through a school situation. Mm-hmm. Because you feel it's kind of safe. You know, you go to school and maybe things are different for you at home or you have lots of siblings. And that's kind of your space where people can say, hey, you have strengths and you're important. And I think it's so important for teachers today because so much has changed, right? And so a lot of teachers may say, I can't connect to the kids or I don't have control over the classroom or so much has changed in the environment. We have to teach them so much more than just the subject. <laughs> you know, it's more about right. life skills. And, and but that um, you said a couple of things, you know, being raised as an only child. So I was, too. And so that's why yeah. I think there's a connection that I've always had with you there, because you really do kind of go that extra mile to make people feel special to make people that impact you know like that bond that special I don't know just hey you want to connect with them on a personal level instead of just you're my student you know go be the server step out (laughs) go to the locker room (laughs) 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 Um, well I think they're probably and and maybe I'm giving away a secret (laughs) but I think there's some there was some selfishness in that too is that I got personally I got a lot out of that relationship as well Mm -hmm. so I don't know that I was intentional about thinking I'm going to go out and you know really try to do something for a student I just it just kind of it was it was it just was you know that that's that's what you do when you're a coach or a teacher Mm -hmm. so that and I think there's a little selfishness in that in that it fulfilled a role for me as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. but you have two kids your daughter and your son and and so you know they're close here but but all of those things you know when you when you have your own kids and um you know thinking about going to school and then having your own kids and how to kind of separate that right because then you have to get involved in your kids teachers lives (laughs) and so how is that how's that different perspective for you because a lot of people go through that well, Dolly, you know, when I became the principal, I, I, I don't know if this is what you're really asking me, but uh, uh, kind of an anecdotal story is my, I had a, I was the principal and I had a sixth grade son and an eighth grade daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was kind of 24 hours a day living middle school, but looking back on it, it was a real advantage to me because I did see 
that side of a student, you know, is what they thought about and what was important to them. And that was helpful in understanding, you know, the family side, I guess, of mm-hmm. being involved in, in middle school students. I remember my daughter, I'd taken her with me as a teacher. She'd come over after kindergarten or and help clean the boards and being raised, you know, pretty much in a classroom after school hours. And when she became a middle schooler, she was a little intimidated. And I thought, how, how could you be? You've been raised in a school. But it, it, it did give me a perspective of understanding you know, both sides to a student, mm-hmm. their home side and their school side. So did they ever end up in your <laughs> office? <laughs> no, no, actually they went to school in a different town. I, I would have found it, I think I would have found it really hard to have students in my own classroom yeah. or in my own school. But who knows? I don't know. It might have been a breeze. I don't know. <laughs> my kids were pretty easy. So. <laughs> well, they had the hammer coming down at home. You better not do that. <laughs> that, that could be. That could be. <laughs> no, that's funny. Well, you know, and when you change from being a teacher to being a principal you know I talk a lot about the law of environment and how you know maybe you didn't move school systems but going from just you know being a part of the peer group to kind of being the leader of that school system how did that change the way that you thought about things and how impact you could have on the school and uh, what, what was that like? Well, I guess the hardest thing, and I was, uh, I don't know if warned is the right word or not, but I was advised that one of the biggest things is when you, you have to separate your, you move from having some really intense friendships with your colleagues as a teacher to then into the leadership role where you have to help make decisions that aren't always what your colleagues want them to be. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was a, a kind of a stretch I had to make, um, and it wasn't difficult to do it. It was just an awareness that sometimes you're going to make some of your friends angry. The lucky thing for me was, at least in my school, there was a really strong understanding of that. And I think my friends always knew that that might happen. So mm-hmm. there were some there were some bumps along the way, but they they realized that I was making that change too. I think the biggest thing that the biggest change I recognized was when I moved into the central office. And I had to really start thinking more holistically about a school corporation, mm-hmm. not just grade six through eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always said if I'd had that experience, I don't, yeah, that probably would never have happened, but if I'd had that experience first and then gone into the principal's role, I think I would have done an even better job as a principal because I could have seen beyond just what's in front of you, you know, every day within your own school building. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so true. And, and you just don't know, though. You know, people say, I wish I could have gone back and know what I know now. <laughs> and yeah. that, that may have changed they things. That, they? Yeah, they always say that, They always say that. I look back yeah. and go, oh, my gosh, how could that be just 10 years ago if I would have done things differently? <laughs> but, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. that that just kind of goes into how we, what we take with us, right? What do we know today that's going to improve things for us next? And so, you yeah, know, and I, I think if you're in a mentor role, that is something as a mentor that, you know, you can give that advice um, to folks that you're close to and you're helping in their, you know, their leadership journey. I think you can say, hey, I wish I would have known that. And, and if you have that relationship established with those people, then perhaps they'll take your advice. And, and maybe that'll be helpful to them because, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It, it is, and and it's so hard because as you're going along the way, and so people, you know, sometimes fear, like if I get somebody to help me, 
or if I'm vulnerable mm. to that, you know, if I'm vulnerable, then maybe someone will find out something about me that, that is a little scary or that I'm not strong in. And so what, but I, I see you kind of as a leader that have done some things first for the community, you know, being that strong teacher, being that strong coach, being that principal, stepping up and stepping into a lot of people's lives. And so that that kind of goes without saying like there are some points though that you know taking over and going into the principal role for the first time you know what were what were kind of some of your fears besides just you know ha- being having to strong relationships right you couldn't necessarily have those same kinds of relationships but were there fears that you you really walked into that saying you know i'm going to tackle this first mm. yeah, probably just what you mentioned is that I should have the answer and I don't or that I will make a wrong decision but again something as you look back when you you know you've gone through your career and you look back you figure out and again maybe this is advice you share with people is that most things turn out okay if you're prepared if you listen to other people um, get their opinions and weigh those pros and cons of things and, and you make a decision, most things turn out okay. Even if the decision's wrong, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of things you can you can turn you can fix that even if the decision's wrong. So mm-hmm. I guess just that confidence that I think preparation and um, good judgment play a role in that as well, but most things turn out okay. Most things do turn out okay, but it's really scary, you know, when you're trying to make a decision <laughs> for the first time and you go, oh my gosh, how am, what I do is going to affect all these families in this community. No kidding. And, yeah. and that's, yeah. you know, I, I can imagine just, you know, your first thought of like, well, we'll just, for you, I know you'd be like, well, we'll just see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, and, and I think something else I've learned about myself, and I think it's important for, for people to, a couple of things in my decision-making process is I usually get an answer not immediately. Now, that is, can be a good thing or a bad thing. If it's an emergency situation, you do have to rely on your gut and act, you know, quickly. But I do better if I ponder it, and then it just kind of, some things seem to occur to you. Um, if you just kind of give yourself time and space to make those decisions, that's always worked for me. Um, and then, you know, seeking advice and talking it out, I think that's, that for me, that's kind of a problem-solving technique I use. Mm-hmm. And some people are much more independent about it than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've also learned that I need examples. Is You know, if I'm trying to make a decision, I need some concrete examples so that I can relate to previous experiences. Um, so I kind of tried to follow that when I, you know, in leadership roles, and, and those, that would be the advice I'd give to other people, too, is to figure out what works for you, and then maybe things do ultimately usually turn out okay mm-hmm. so who were those people if you think back i mean when i was in middle school it, paul velez was our principal <laughs> and i think about mm-hmm. the time when angie o'connor and i sat in his room and he had a little plaque on the front of his <laughs> desk and it said the buck stops here <laughs> and i thought oh yeah. man we are in trouble <laughs> because yeah. the hammer was coming down i don't even remember what it was probably who knows what the two you of us back, huh? yeah <laughs> who knows what it was you know but i think about that and and so you know as as in those leadership roles like who were your mentors because that was kind of exclusive you know were there did you did you uh, work with other principals in other communities or how did you get your support system 
Murphy. Well, um, Paul was one for me as well. He was the one I hadn't even really considered it. And he was the one who had said, maybe you ought to think about this. Um, and then Joe DiPietro was the principal right before me. And mm-hmm. he was the one I had taken a, a few years off. Um, believe it or not, my kids were in elementary school. I didn't do it the way that most folks <laughs> do when they're babies. Um, but I'd taken a few years off to be with them, and, and then Joe became the principal at the middle school, and he, he called me and asked me if I was interested in taking the assistant principal's job. So um, Becky Ramsey was always a dear friend, you know, mm-hmm. and she was one of your teachers that you mentioned as well, mm-hmm. and she was always a strong colleague about, you know, commitment to education. So yep. she was another good a good person for me. And, and my husband and family, um, they've always, you know, they've always been there to, let me fall down and pick me up so but I would say probably the leaders in my life you know were the ones who pushed me to make to jump into a leadership role Mm -hmm. that's awesome well and it's it is really important because people you know they fear so many things in life and so many people might say well gosh you know back in in the day women didn't take leadership roles they would have stayed home with their kids or they would have just you know done what they had to do to be the teacher and then support the community but I think it's so cool because you know I had a special connection with you and I watched you go through all this journey which was so fun (laughs) to kind of go yay go Vicki because you've always been on the sidelines cheering for us and and so that's what I think is neat when you can give back and realize and get to a point where you say hey this is why we had connections this is why we were influenced this is why we've done the things in life because we've had leaders like you to look up to and and so oh it's, it's so true and and um and so it's important for people to realize like hey even though you were a principal you're a person <laughs> you know oh. you're not this unreachable person you do the same things and that's what this program is about too is people have consistent um you know principles that they live by that make you successful in whatever it is that you choose to do and so whether you decide to be a principal whether you decide you know to be a journalist whether you decide to you know be a lawyer whether you decide to be you know um, a financial investment person it's all these same things that it's making connections with people it's taking those risks it's not letting your fear get in your way um, because sometimes that's the way we learn well, I, you know, I'm just sitting here talking to you and thinking about it. As I just always felt like it's something that I should do, and I don't, I don't mean that I guess as a greater calling or anything. It was just something that that was just what I did, you know. And I guess that was through prompting of other people, but it was because I enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed um, problem solving. You know, people ask me what I liked about my most recent job at the central office, and it was there was always problem to solve, mm-hmm. which can be weighty too. But um, that's kind of the thing. I just felt like I should do those things. Well, and you know, being a teacher back when you know when you started, and so it was always kind of problem solving, and it continues to get different. You know, the school system has changed a lot since 
you know, we were really involved when I was involved. I've not been back to school right. in years. <laughs> but the the culture right. has changed for schools. You know, we used to have the books, and now everything's really going electronic and and more, you know, these testing, you know, the requirements on testing. And so I, I just want to get your opinion on what do you think's the most influential um piece of, of how a teacher can influence kids today as it's changing like what do you think they can do the most to impact kids I think it's the same Melanie I think it's still that they they know their children their, their students that they're they're invested in them being successful that it's fun for the teacher for the kid to be successful mm-hmm. like you know I mentioned it was a selfish kind of fun for me when when we did the things that we did back in the day mm-hmm. um I think it's the same thing. I, um, I think it makes it a little more difficult because there are more, perhaps, time constraints on you in terms of uh, accountability. And I think accountability is good. I think there needs to be some consistent measurement of student success. I just think you have to be creative in um, achieving that as well as making those connections that you do with kids. Um, you have to not... You have to... You have to let those, you know, the relationship that you have with your students and the material still be the priority, and I think the other stuff will come. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in terms of your test scores, and maybe that's naive because I haven't been in the classroom for a long time, but I've seen it happen. I've seen, you know, the, the kids that are connected most with their teachers, and that doesn't mean, again, that they have to have the parties and things, so those were fun, <laughs> but that they see that that relationship in the classroom, that the teacher loves the material that they're teaching and believes in what they're doing and, and is connected with the, the, with the students in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I still think that's the most important thing. And then again, time constraints probably are... I like, like you said, I coached a lot of things when when you were my student, and I think teachers have more of a time constraint on on things on their their um, commitment to their classroom. Not that I was a slacker by any means, but there's certainly um, you, you know things you have to a lot more things on the list to check off. Yep. Um, so I think you just have to be creative about that and keep that relationship building the priority. Well, you just hit on something. And that's true with your staff. Mm -hmm. That's true if you're talking about your staff or if you're talking about your students. You just said something that I wanted you to express a little bit more, just the creativity side of it. You know, I think um, being an only child, right, you have mm-hmm. have had this, and, and I think I have this a little bit too, but you, you are creative in how you can get involved in a group, how you can, you know, kind of get, not recognized, but just be a part of. And so I think having that skill set, knowing that you have some creativity and you're not afraid to try different things, right, to make that connection. Uh, I think that's really important because some people just feel like, you know, there's expectations and they only do things a certain way. And today you can't, mm-hmm. you can't do that, <laughs> you know, because there's yeah. a lot of ways to solve problems and there's so much technology coming at us that, um, you know, if you don't try something a little bit different sometimes, you may miss out. Right. Um, and kids are just inherently creative like that if they're given the opportunity. And that would be the one thing I think in the world of education that I would guard against is, is exactly what you said, being too much of a cookie cutter. And I know in some systems that's difficult to do that, but... Um, you know, we're going to have to continue to allow students to have more than a prescription for one way to do things. Mm-hmm. So, 
Because mm-hmm. that really builds them into the adults to be able to handle problems and be, like you said, going to the central office, being creative and trying to solve all of these problems at a, a global level, you know, thinking about the whole system. So yep. what, yeah. what great lessons. That's why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if this is going out to your listeners, they need to know what a great kid you you were as well. You were a joy to teach, and uh, and you made you know I said I was that selfish, the selfish part. It was a joy to have folks like you around, and there are still there are still there's still kids out there that are joy as joyful, you know, as my generation of kids were. So um I don't want anybody to think that kids are awful. They are not. They are you know, so but you were a lot of fun to have in class. Well it was fun and and on my team. And it was fun, I know. And I said now we're friends and it's just really it's really great. I actually ran into you um gosh, I don't know, I probably 20 years ago, I want to say. And a we, long time ago. Yeah, we were at a friend's house, and we were doing a cookout, we were playing volleyball, and it was just really, it's really fun. And, and I guess, you know, in closing, I just want to encourage people. If you have had a teacher that influenced you in a way that, that made you, <laughs> don't have to cry. But seriously, I think it's really important for they people. They would love that. They would love it. Yes, to reach out and just say thank you for helping me, for making my life a little bit easier. You know, kids are having a hard time in school. And so if a teacher makes an influence, go back and say thank you. Go back and say thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making me laugh. <laughs> you know, because there's a lot yeah, of, it's hard. Be, that would get them through. I know there was a, a, a teacher when I was the principal, she kept a box of notes and, and uh you know, emails and things that she had gotten from her students and on days that were a little harder than others, she pulled that out. And so folks really do appreciate that and and they take it to heart and, it, and it's, that's great advice. That's meaningful to, to the teachers. It is. And we need to do it because, you know, that's it. the world is so small and life is short. And so we really need to just pay attention to the things that have influenced us that that have made us who we are today and and really connect back to our past because that everything that you do in telling your story and figuring out like what has made you make decisions that you've made um, all connect to your story and to your future so <laughs> I think uh, that yeah. that's kind of my message that's why I really appreciate you and and said you got to be on my show this year <laughs> because oh, you've, you've done a lot and I wanted sweet. to celebrate you well, and it's been so fun getting to know you as an adult, too. So, um, and see your, I mean, that's another great thing that that teachers get to do is they get to see their, their students grow up to be, you know, successful, wonderful, kind, sweet people. So I appreciate having that opportunity with you as well. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for being on my program. And do you have any last, last words of advice for us? Um... Don't underestimate kids today. I know it's awfully easy for folks to think that things aren't great and and the next generation is going to be hard, and that's what our grandparents said. (laughs) Kids are awesome. Kids are awesome. (laughs) And see, they turn out to be great people like you. They turn out to be great people. And and so, you know, make that connection. Take the action. Absolutely. Give your teachers a call. give Give them a hug and just tell them thank you for for being on your journey you're a cool kid now <laughs> love you vicky thank you for being on everyday <laughs> leaders <laughs> you're welcome all right bye-bye, bye-bye.